December 28th will mark the 25th anniversary of Starcade 97, the culmination of a year-long build where Sting would finally step back in the ring to face Hollywood Hulk Hogan for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. The stage was set for a main event to become immortalized in wrestling history, and it did, but for all the wrong reasons. And for the first time in over 20 years, on that 25th anniversary, Eric Bischoff and Nick Patrick will reunite to watch back and discuss what really happened that night at the MCI Center in Washington, D.C., hosted by Conrad Thompson, a topic that led to one of the most heated exchanges in the history of 83 weeks. And now you're going to act like it's ludicrous that we might think that that's what happened here when you managed to f*** up the single biggest moment in the history of wrestling, and now, 20 years later, you get on here and lie through your f***ing teeth and say it's because he wasn't taken. I'm not lying through much, Chief. You finish over a pan? Is this real? Ad-Free Shows presents a premium watch-along event, The Fast Count, with Eric Bischoff and Nick Patrick, December 28th, 10 p.m. Eastern, immediately following AEW Dynamite. All $29 level members and higher are invited to join, and Top Guy members will be able to ask Eric and Nick questions about this controversial night in wrestling. No spray tan necessary. Sign up today and reserve your spot at adfreeshows.com. symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hey, this is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On the show today, we'll be discussing 2012 when I was in Impact Wrestling. We're also going to be covering my birthday celebration on SmackDown from last week. But first, let me introduce to you my co-host, Paul Bromwell. How you doing today, Paul? Kurt, I am just in awe of the biggest ratings draw and star of SmackDown. Kurt, you got to tell us all about it. When we recorded last time, you were kind of giving us an idea of what it was supposed to be, but what was it like being back in Pittsburgh, being with the crew and having that milk truck celebration? Oh, it was, uh, the past all over again. I got to, uh, relive, uh, an incredible moment in my career, the driving the milk truck into the arena in Sacramento, California. Uh, that was my favorite moment in the WWE and in professional wrestling. You know, these fans, they want to see moments and those moments last forever if they're worth it. And this was one of my favorite moments I've ever done in my life. I mean, driving a milk truck into the arena and spraying down Stone Cold Steve Austin with milk. That's pretty awesome. Well, here you're with Gable Steveson, you know, walking in the back, talking to Braun Strowman. He's got, by the way, a really cool red Pittsburgh, uh, angle shirt, by the way, I forgot to talk to you about that. I was digging that my merchandise. It's right. Uh, that was cool. And then, uh, so you, you do that, but you saw that you had the biggest, uh, you saw the ratings, the ratings were through the roof, man, for your show. I was in shock. You know, my wife actually pointed out and she told me that I, uh, they drew, they drew a 2.3 million rating, uh, which was pretty incredible considering 
SmackDown's doing about a million fans a week. So it more than doubled. I was, I was, I was like, holy crap, this is crazy. They did. They had a little bit of a lull. They, they're usually close to two million, but they had a lull because they were on uh, FS1 for a little while. And then here comes Kurt Angle, baby. Nothing to draw him back in like your Olympic hero and his big birthday celebration. It's always good to see you back on WWE TV. And I have a feeling it's probably not going to be the last time uh, that we'll get to see you. So a lot of fun, dude. Yeah, hopefully it'll be uh, more to come. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. So uh, there you go. Any kind of fun? Hey, Paul, ask him about the Jason Jordan picture. All right. So there's Giovanna chiming in on the show. She's in the room. And she. Okay. Let's hear about the picture, Kurt. She, she says it's important. We got to find out what's going on. Tell us about it. All right. Well, my son, Jason Jordan, my son on TV. Yeah gave me a photo of him when he was seven years old wrestling <laughs> yes it was on tv he gave it to me on yeah TV on smackdown and uh i was i wanted to keep it and i actually forgot it at the arena so my wife was going crazy like you got to get this thing and i'm like don't worry about it it's just a photo of jason she's like we have to track this down she calls the wwe she uh tells them that they need to track it down to go to the arena go back to the arena yeah kasama uh a, a producer in wwe actually did it and uh they found the photo and they sent it to us they overnight uh knighted it to us i have it i don't know where it is right oh it's right up there here let yeah. me show you you have to show See, knowing Giovanna like I do, I can picture this entire scene. I can picture picture her hunting it down, and uh, look, look. There it is. There it is. For those watching on YouTube, you can see it just like you saw it on TV. Take a smile. <laughs> oh, there you go. What a beautiful picture with you and your son, Kurt. Yeah, and, and there's pasta in the shape of a heart. <laughs> oh, you can see where he got his dimples from. That's cute. I like it. <laughs> Dude, that's so cool. That was a, a nice, and he helped produce that segment, didn't he? Is that what I read? Yeah, yes, yes, he did. He helped produce the segment, and uh, you know, he came up with some of the ideas. And Jason's a really good producer. He's doing really well there. Man, so Very cool. Proud of my son. Yeah, your son's doing great things, Kurt. Uh, chip off the old block, uh, as you would say. Well, bud, listen, it was a great time to see you. And like I said, I'm sure we'll see you again at some point soon, but let's get into our topic. Let's dig in. Let's talk about 2012. You hinted at it at the opener of the show. 10 years ago, you were kicking ass in TNA. Uh, you're about to enter your fourth year with TNA. What did you think of where the company was at this point? Let's start there. Well, we had a really good run in 2008, nine and 10. Uh, but in 2012, we were hurting for money. I know they signed a lot of big names at that particular time. I believe Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair were already in the company. I think uh, Eric Bischoff, Kevin Nash. So there was being money thrown around, and uh, the company didn't have enough money to uh, continue to go at the pace we were. In other words, we had to kind of change our, our, our monthly schedules. Yeah. So, you know, TV didn't go every week anymore. So, it, you know, they had the budget and try to make, make it work. And uh, it was unfortunate, but if TNA had just a little bit more money, I think they would have been able to uh, make it over the hump and would have been a really successful company, kind of like AEW today. 
Let's talk about it a little bit because we did cover your start of 2012 in TNA earlier this year on the show with the Genesis pay-per-view. That's where you defeated James Storm on January 8th, and you and I talked about it, but we didn't talk about the UK tour on January 26th and 27th. You, buddy, were a part of Hulk Hogan's final ever matches. It was What ended up, it was two six-man tags. So it was Hogan, James Storm, and Sting defeating Bully Ray and Bobby Roode in uh, Nottingham and Manchester, and uh, you were part Part of that group but looking back did you know that you were a part of hulk's last wrestling matches i didn't know that till now right now <laughs> yeah I honestly didn't i'm actually really shocked that you're absolutely right that was the last time he wrestled and to be a part of that uh you know hogan's the biggest name in the history of wrestling he transformed wrestling so to be a part of that i'm really proud about it buddy that's another just another feather of many feathers in your cap for your career Thank you, Paul. I appreciate yeah. yeah, they're just racking up, man. So listen, we've covered in the past year, your feud with Jeff Hardy at Victory Road and your cage match at Lockdown. And you can check all those matches out at impactwrestling.com forward slash packages with the code Kurt. Sign up today. I'm telling you, that's where you want to do it. We have a deal with them. And the beautiful thing is you guys can watch the show on our YouTube channel, filter free all the clips from impact. Now we don't have to filter. We don't have to hide. You can watch them in full clarity, full HD. So we love the relationship that we have with them there. So check it out. Impactwrestling.com forward slash packages. And then the code is Kurt, but listen, you somehow get in the middle of the crazy Claire Lynch angle with AJ styles, uh, during a match with AJ Kazarian and Daniels, you interfere to screw over AJ. Claire Lynch is often looked at as a low point in TNA's creative history. Tell us what you're rubbing your head right now. Tell us what you thought about all that. I don't know. I, it just was a little weird uh, having this girl uh, part of the, you know, the storyline that I guess she was an addict. And, yes. You know, she was trying to help her and AJ was trying to help her. But then it got like so out of control that Dixie and AJ were uh, accused of having an affair uh, there's just some crazy shit going on. Uh, I didn't like the storyline at all. Uh, I don't think it did any good for AJ. I don't think it did any good for Dixie. It, it just wasn't a good storyline. It was one of the worst ones. It, it's one of those ones people like to forget, but just can't cause it was so bad. <laughs> right, it's, yeah. it's like, it's, it's like one of those, uh, you know, uh, it's a blemish with the creative for what they were trying to do. You would team up with Daniels and Kazarian in a six man against Samoa Joe Magnus, who we know is Nick Aldis and AJ for impact. Uh, where was your body around this time though? We talk about it often. I mean, and you're in six man tag matches, so that's going to help spell a little bit of relief for you. Yeah. Yeah. Usually I'm wrestling singles matches, but at this particular time, my body was pretty banged up. Uh, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. 85% of the time in my career, my body was, I was always had some kind of injury. Uh, so having these six man tag matches really, uh, uh, took less of an impact on my body. And I was able to save my body for all the important singles matches that were coming up. Kurt with the brand new knees. Are you feeling like this may be the best you felt in a long time? It is the best I felt. Uh, I wish my back was a little better. I just had injections in my back last week and, uh, they didn't work so good. So I, I don't know what I'm going to do from here on in, but uh, if my back was good, I would be elated right now. If I, if I had a healthy back. There's no stopping Kurt Angle. He might even come back out of retirement. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, as soon as you say it, it's going across the interwebs, dude. Well, <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's hope be hopeful for the back, dude, because 
if the injections aren't working, hey, they were able to fix up those knees. And and science and medicine has evolved so much over the, even the last few years. And so you got to hope they can figure out your back situation, dude. Is it discs or what? Do you know what the exact issue yeah, is? This is it's um it's uh yeah definitely discs. Um, my it's I think it, I forget what it's called the. That's okay. C one and two. Yeah. They're kind of fused together. Yeah. Uh, I got some serious stuff going on, but well, uh, the few, the, 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 the injections did help me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. All right. Well, we need to, we need to get that shit fixed. Let's talk about 2012 though. At sacrifice, you took on AJ in a singles match, buddy. It's our first clip of the week. We have four this week and, uh, this is our first clip. We're going to check it out together. And then I'm going to read what Dave Meltzer had to say about it. I know we're always excited to hear his take on it, but he liked you, Kurt. We that's well-established on the show. Uh, so let's take a look at it. our first clip of the week, Kurt angle, AJ Styles, sacrifice from 2012. But it's a weary Styles that's, that's uh, brought, brought, I, I, just, just brought up to his knees by Kurt. Looks like Kurt, Kurt is hell bent. He wants to try and get this. It looks like he's, he's going to do a Styles clash here. That's what he motioned for. Ooh, who better than AJ to block the Styles clash? As Kurt going to go for the ankle. Sure is. He picked that ankle, but wasn't able to keep the ankle lock on. Uh oh. Oh, there it is. Kurt's going to nail it. And he did. Roll over. Cover. No. Oh. Both men spent right here, leaving it all in the ring. And now, Angle. Rolls AJ over. Kurt has something in mind when it comes to going high risk. Watch this, watch this. Kurt gonna go for the moonsault. Ooh! Quickness of AJ, the difference. Come on, AJ, let's go. Come on, you gotta get back in the ring. Let's go, come on. It's Styles yeah, who goes out to the apron. Watch AJ here, Mike, watch this, watch Springboard. this. Oh my God! Springboard and splashes down. AJ, cover and down. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> Gotta be kidding me here. Oh my god, AJ just landed right on Kurt so hard. Drags the prone body of Angle over to the corner. Oh, AJ wait, 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 hit it up to the top. Wait, 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 wait. Kazarian out the, out the apron. Daniels is with him too, as you can oh. see. Daniels takes out the legs of Styles. AJ landed oh. right on his face from Chris Daniels tripping him up. Angle slam! There it is. Kurt hits it. Angle slam. Pin. Leg hook. No! Oh, nice. Well oh. done, AJ. I was going to say, I would hate to see this interference from Daniels and Kazarian be the difference. But it's a weakened Styles who's caught. And he's, he's not only got the oh, angle lock, but he's got it hooked in grapevine. Yeah, that, that Kurt, that's a big difference, Kurt, isn't it? Kurt's got him trapped in the middle of the ring. He's got a tap. Oh, that's a painful deal right there. No Good shame in that. Angle. No shame in that, Mike. I'm telling you. It was a great match, great contest. So the two buffoons had to get involved here. Trying to screw things up a little bit. 
Kurt Angle, he stayed locked in the zone there, was able to... Daniels and Kazarian. Oh, they're picking up the bullets. Just not happy with the fact that, that, that AJ was beaten by Kurt. Oh. Well, these, Look at Angle. Yeah, Kurt Angle had Daniels and Kazarian as tag team partners recently oh. on Impact Wrestling, and that didn't work out too well. And how about that? Of all things, it's Kurt Angle helping his opponent in this match, AJ Styles. All right, there it is. Another classic AJ Kurt match. Let's, uh, I want to read to you what Dave Meltzer had to say. He said, Kurt Angle pinned AJ in 20 minutes, 42 seconds. This was a face versus face match and an excellent bout for the finish. Kazarian and Daniels then came out, which we just saw styles, not Kazarian down, but Daniels took out styles leg angle. Didn't see him and hit the Olympic slam, but styles kicked out again. Angle then used the ankle lock and grapevine it for the submission. After it was over, Daniels and Kazarian beat down styles until angle made the save for him. Angle and styles hugged when it was all over. That's nice. It was a four star match from Meltzer. Buddy, I, I tell you what, man, this is one of the few times you and uh, AJ faced each other and you were both, you know, faces, but you had to always be excited working with him, man. Oh, whether I was alongside of him as a tag team or working with him, you know what? He made me better. Uh, every time I wrestled with him or against him, he made me better. Uh, that's the kind of guy AJ is. That's the kind of athlete he is. Everybody gets in the ring with, he makes the match better and the other person better. And to me, that's the hallmark of a true superstar a true professional a guy that knows how to get the other guy over and makes him better and aj knew how to do that really well mm. kurt at the end of may it's impact live on tv ends every week and they're only going to li be live every other week from this point forward uh, so why do you think that is why do you think that uh, running live every week failed for them i told you earlier the money yeah uh, just expense. Know, going, going every week you're going to fly everybody down every single week you're going to do a live event every week. Instead, go every other week, do a live show and a tape show. You cut the airfare in half and the hotels in half. And uh, there you go. You know, you're off and running. At least uh, we were able to um, afford that, you know, going every other week instead of every week. In terms of money problems, though, it never affected you. Your pay was just consistent oh, as ever. Thank God. God bless Dixie. She always made sure my checks came on time. And they never bounced. They, she was uh, very honorable to me. There you go, man. That's great. Well, from this point forward, you're in a tag match, uh, tag team, should I say, with AJ, and you win the tag titles uh, from Kazarian and Daniels at Slammiversary. Did you think at this point, Kurt, that you were uh, rounding up your time in TNA? Did it feel like that at all? Or what was your outlook as far as at this point in your career with TNA? Well, I mean, at this particular time, a little bit. You know, I felt like. Uh, you know, the new guys coming in, these big stars came in, Eric Bischoff, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, and not that any of them had a, I had a problem with, I didn't have a problem with any of them, but I think they, you know, got together, especially Hogan and Bischoff and decided that it was time to make the young guys. And, um, you know, there were times where I wasn't even booked on the show. I didn't even have a pre-tape or a promo or any match. I was not even on the show. And, um, and when I did, I was losing quite a bit. So I was putting young talent over and I didn't mind doing that, but every once in a while, you got to throw your top guy a bone to make him legitimate. You know, you can't just keep losing yeah. You gotta win a pretty solid, good match, uh, to keep you at that level. And, uh, I just felt like 
uh, they wanted to push me to the side and just uh, go with the young talent. And uh, they were wasting their money because they were paying me a lot of money. And I don't know if this was the case or not, but that's how I felt at this particular time in 2012. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think the trick is you got to find a balance, right? Yeah. Still make you strong so that when you do put that young talent over, it means something. And it's you obviously have your history, your reputation that's always going to give the rub. But if you're just losing all the freaking time, then what is that going to do if you're still just putting people over and they're going to know, hey, he's just the old war horse that's just here to lose now. I mean, you're absolutely right, Paul. People yeah. pick up on that quick. Okay, fans aren't idiots. So there you go. Well, some are, uh, but Hey, uh, I'm having fun. You would lose the tag titles in June back to Daniels and Kazarian where some of these best, some of these had to be the best tag team matches you had in your career. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. These in my matches with Benoit against Eddie and, uh, Chavo and, uh, edge and Ray Mysterio, um, uh, those matches up in WWE and these matches down TNA. Yeah. They were equally just as good. I, I really, especially me tagging with Benoit and tagging with AJ. Like those are two of the best technical wrestlers in the history of the business. And, uh, to be able to tag with those guys was a true honor. Man. Yeah. You, you, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, Dave had this to say, he said, Daniels and Kazarian beat Angle and styles to regain the tag titles in 1146. The storyline was Kazarian and Daniels not getting along and Kazarian not wanting to be there. Referee Brian Hebner got bumped. Daniel's clothesline angle over the top. Then came one of those finishes that I hate because it's the booker. I want to fool the fans on a finish. So make it make no sense. He said, aside from the fact that it was so predictable to begin with, that's when, uh, that's what's wrong with it. Making sense. Daniel's had a chair and Kazarian took it from him. Styles hit the Pele kick on Daniel's Kazarian flipped off Daniel's and told styles to pin him. Then Kazarian hit styles with a chair and Daniel's pinned him. This is a little bit of a silly, silly finish here, Kurt, but, uh, TNA seems to always enjoy booking a, a little too cute. Don't they? <laughs> well, honestly, that, that made AJ look dumb. Yeah. I mean, to, uh, you know, Christopher Daniels had a chair, uh, Kazarian took it from him. AJ Pele, Christopher Daniels and looked at Kazarian like, Hey, are you going to hit me or no? No, I'm not going to hit you. Go ahead. Cover him. Um, you know, the, you don't do that because the baby face should never trust the heel. Yeah. Uh, you know, that just didn't make AJ look very smart and it, it wasn't AJ's fault. They're just, it's just the way they, they booked it. It was just really weird. We want to pause this episode of the Kurt Angle show to tell you about something Kurt and I are super passionate about, and that's great seafood and steaks. Yes, you heard me right. You know I love food. Kurt likes food when he's not dieting, and he does have his cheat meals, but you're not going to get a better meal than at Jimmy'sFamousSeafood.com. If you're a fan of the wrestling podcast, you've heard Conrad talk about it and many of the other wrestlers. Their pictures are hanging up all over the wall in Jimmy's Famous Seafood, and right now we have a deal for you. You can take advantage of it this holiday season, whether it's for Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, or college football playoffs are here. NFL football playoffs are here, the Super Bowl, your favorite Rumble event, whatever it may be, Jimmy's Famous is going to be a hit at your party. So listen, free two-day nationwide shipping on orders over $125. All you got to do is use the promo code ANGLE. That's it. 
promo code angle and you can take advantage of that free two-day nationwide shipping now it excludes steam crabs and fresh items but listen what you can choose from i'm talking maryland crab cakes soups and chowders oysters signature steaks they have so many different items i'm talking barbecue spare ribs wings crab dip and the sleeper item their crab cake egg rolls you haven't had anything that good i'm telling you i love it i get it every time i go there they have packages that you can buy they have their famous gift box that includes four of the world's best colossal maryland crab cakes crab soups crab dip seafood seasoning the whole nine yards they have a tailgate bundle that includes those wings and ribs i talked about plus that crab cake mix they've been featured on diners drive-ins and dives beat Bobby Flay and so much more. And there's a reason for that. They've been in business for 40 years. It's a fantastic company. It's a fantastic place to eat. And they're going to bring it to your doorstep, freezing cold, ready to go for you to make some fantastic food and be the hero at your next party. Take advantage of it now. Jimmy'sFamousSeafood.com, promo code ANGLE. Well, we move on. It's the Bound for Glory series, and that begins at Destination X. And the first match is between you and none other than Samoa Joe. Buddy, it's hard to get better than this, is it not, to launch this whole thing? No, that should have been the finals. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. We, we watched enough of those matches to know as wrestling fans. Yeah, without a doubt. So uh, Meltzer had this to say, Samoa Joe beats Kurt Angle in 1436. You are losing a lot here. Uh, in the Bound for Glory series, winning via choke, with which as a submission meant a 10-point win for Joe. Mike Tanay said Joe versus Angle was the best rivalry in TNA history. So you have that under your belt. At the finish with the ankle lock, Angle pulled Joe to the center, but Joe used the trunks to break the hold and got behind Angle and put on the choke with the body scissors. Angle was using his elbows to the thigh, but couldn't get Joe off. Finally, Angle got to his feet, hit the Olympic slam, and got a near fall. Angle tried the ankle lock again, but Joe kicked him off. Angle went for the Olympic slam again, but Joe got behind him and got the choke. This time, Joe choked Angle all the way out. And referee Earl Hebner stopped the match after Angle got up to protest, saying that he had never tapped. I've never tapped out. They played it up that Angle had passed out and not that Hebner screwed him on the call. Uh, Meltzer gave this one three and three-quarter stars. So, buddy, did you ever think you'd be wrestling Joe in the middle of the card five years after your debut in TNA with your epic rivalry that you guys had at the beginning? It's like we just went lower and lower on the call. <laughs> what the hell? Every year, we were the top, the main event in year one and year five, we're at the bottom. Um, yeah, it was a little weird, but... You know, like I said before, at this particular time, I think they were trying to get new, young, fresh talent in. Yeah. They wanted to book the old, you know, Joe and I were considered old wrestlers at this particular time uh, because we had a rivalry, you know, five years ago. So I think that uh, they were more focused on the younger talent. Isn't it funny how things change? You know, you're watching a guy like Chris Jericho, who's around your age now, still getting it done in AEW. But back then, everybody's like, oh, Angle's old, Joe's old. Now, Joe's still kicking ass. I mean, come on. What are we doing here? Yeah, Jericho too, man. I mean, he's at the top of his game right now, and he's 54 years old. It's incredible. And he's one of those guys we talk about, the balance of still wins a Ring of Honor title one week, puts over a young talent the next week. That balance that we were just talking hey, about. Good You're absolutely right. And that's what they do with them. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Bound for Glory series since we're here. Uh, they had points for different endings. What did you think? Was that complicated? Did you like that? Were you a fan of that gimmick? 
I mean, it was complicated, but it wasn't a bad idea. You know, getting a choke out or a, or a submission, you get 10 points. I think a pinfall was seven or something like that. Uh, a tie, I guess, was five. I don't know. Uh, but they they had a point system. I thought it was intriguing, but it was a little bit difficult to follow. All right. There you go. Uh, you would wrestle in Mexico at Triple Mania 20. Uh, what was your experience like going to Mexico and for Triple A? Tell us a little bit about that. It was, it was, it was cool. I had a lot of fun, uh, going down there in Mexico city, uh, was a blast. Uh, the, the one thing I'll tell you, you don't want to go down there during traffic. <laughs> it, I mean, it took us like five hours to get to the airport from the city. Uh, it was, it was incredible, but all oh, the fans down there are amazing. They were so into it. Uh, always into it. Uh, some of the best fans in the world in Mexico. Yeah, it seemed like a rabid fan base. Loves professional wrestling and uh, big crowds, passionate crowds. Triple A just seems to be on fire. They're still doing well with their shows. Uh, so, but man, exciting time, culture, food. I'm sure everything's a little different, but it sounds like outside of the traffic. Uh, besides the traffic, it was a great trip. Kurt, in another TNA overbooking moment, at a four way ladder match in the Bound for Glory series at Hardcore Justice. AJ would win over you, Joe, and Daniels in a four-way ladder match. Tell me, Kurt, what the hell is it like putting together a four-way ladder match? What, t- tell us all about it. It's complicated and scary. Um, <laughs> I, I do not like gimmick matches, especially ladder matches. I don't like to climb up ladders. I like to get in the ring and wrestle. I like to keep my feet on the ground. And uh, those ladders, it was it was crazy. And the match was... Uh, it's crazy as hell too. It was, it was really out there. I mean, we really did a lot of stunts. I didn't do so much myself, but you know, AJ was, uh, you know, knocking it out of the park. I mean, he was really a big contributor in that match. Kurt, I think about ladders. Do you get on ladders today? Do you, for the star on the Christmas tree to put some lights out on the house? I mean, are do you, are you just not, do you like heights at all? Or are you? No, I don't like heights. I'm not a ladder guy. Um, <laughs> I actually, the only way I could put the star in the Christmas tree, that's what I do every year. That's the, the, the dad's supposed to do it in the family. <laughs> so what I do is I bring my couch over, <laughs> stand on my couch and put it up because I will not get on the ladder. Ah, oh, so good. Well, listen, right around this time, Kurt, you got into a bit of a Twitter war with CM Punk. And so we're going to talk about that from The Observer. After CM Punk at the Wizard World Chicago Convention dismissed TNA as an indie league, Kurt Angle responded on Twitter saying, Punk wants to say TNA is an indie league? I was on top in WWE when you were trying to get a job anywhere you could. It was my choice to go to TNA. If I ever see you, Punk, you better hide, bitch. It was only Angle's choice to go to TNA after WWE made it clear they didn't want him anymore. Angle later tweeted an apology to WWE and TNA fans saying he didn't want to disrespect them, but said he didn't apologize to Punk. Punk did disrespect TNA. He has a lot to learn about fame and responsibility, according to, according to Kurt. So did you ever see or run into CM Punk after this? And do you still feel this way about Punk? Spill it, Kurt. <laughs> I don't feel that way about Punk anymore. Um, it was just an incident that I got really mad at at that particular time. Uh, no, I have never seen him in public. I've never met him once. Uh, if I do, I'll probably knock him out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I uh, actually, um, no, we, there's no problem between punk and I, um, uh, I, I actually almost got a chance to talk to him 
uh, when he was with Orton, Randy Orton, one night when I called Randy. Oh, okay. But uh, we never got to talk. But uh, yeah, that, that was it. That's I have really nothing else to say about it. But no, do I hate punk? No, I don't hate punk. I just, you know, I just was having going through a really trying time at that particular time, and him putting down TNA. And, uh, you know, knowing I was there, you know, got me a little upset, but at the end of the day, Kurt, you know, you're just trying to do what you can to defend your company that you're proud of and have worked at for several years, you know? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I was just defending the company. Um, you know, punk, he does say some random stuff every once in a while. So I'm not surprised about it and I don't have a problem with him. I'm cool. Yeah, with it. there you go uh angle earlier in the week more from the observer tweeted how he wanted to run for political office starting as a mayor and work his way up the governor senator etc saying he admitted he has made mistakes but has also accomplished great things kurt here we are 10 years later are uh, we going to be voting for you soon here in the state of pennsylvania or nationwide nope <laughs> you, know <why? laughs> you know why tell us i got too many skeletons in my closet um, yeah it just wouldn't work out. There's just no way not with the DUIs and stuff. Uh, that's all the, the opposing, um, you know, political side is going to rip me apart. It's just not worth it. Not worth it to my family for them yeah. to go. Yeah, no way. I just pictured the vote for Kurt buttons and the vote for Kurt. I mean, it would be everywhere. You'd put your opponent in an ankle lock. I mean, it could be so fun. Just, just, just getting you there. But I mean, inter it's interesting though. If you didn't have the skeletons in your closet, if you were squeaky clean, you, you something that you could potentially see yourself enjoying. Oh yeah. I would have enjoyed that. Uh, I love making a difference in the political realm, uh, you know, knowing that uh, you can create new laws and also maintain the old laws. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are a lot of things going on today that both sides are just going at it. You know, it's a completely divided political game today. And uh, it's just a shame that we, we can't get together, come together and, and, and be, you know, uh, make it, make it one, you know, where, where we kind of give and take, you uh, know, but, but nobody wants to give anymore. They just want to take. Well said, Kurt. Well said. Let's move on. Your final match in the BFG series is against Jeff Hardy on impact. Did you feel like you were wrestling the same guys though here over and over again? Yes, but you know what? I didn't mind. I mean, a AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Jeff Hardy, you, you want to do a round robin with them all, all year long, every year I'll do it. Uh, you know, but, 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 you know, with, uh, my competitive side, uh, I always want to, uh, see who or what I can accomplish with other wrestlers. So I was always game for bringing in new guys and facing those guys, whatever guys that came into the company, uh, that, 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 that was like, a that was a co the competitive side of me that wanted to, uh, show that everybody that I could have, um, um, what's it called? Um, chemistry with, with every wrestler that I wrestled. So yeah. I took a lot of pride in that. And usually I did have great chemistry with every wrestler I wrestled. Well, we're going to have a little bit of fun here on the Kurt angle show. I've been looking forward to this, the bound for glory, final standings after this show, some interesting things. So I want to do some word association with you, Kurt. And, uh, and then we'll talk about it a little deeper first, James storm. What's the first thing you think of when I say James storm, incredible talker. Okay. Ready? Samoa Joe. Uh, badass. Rob Van Dam. Entertaining as hell. Bully Ray. Uh, smartest mind in the business. 
All right. He was fourth. Number five was AJ. AJ Styles. Uh, best wrestler I ever got in the ring with. Number six, Jeff Hardy. Uh, exciting to watch. Uh, high flyer. All right. Now your seventh and after you is Mr. Anderson. Ken Anderson. A uh, very talented kid. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Christopher Daniels. Underrated. All right. Magnus, who we also know as Nick Aldis. Uh, one of the most, uh, how do I say this? Had the full package. Total package. I like it. All right. Robbie E. Um, incredible X division wrestler. The Pope. Uh, one of the most talented individuals I've ever known. I really like Pope a lot. He yeah. His character and everything that he did in wrestling, he was really good. He really was. Really good. Real good on the mic, too. Real good talker. That's excellent on the mic, yes. Meltzer is critical of your standing. He doesn't like where you're at. Angle finishing 7th out of 12 makes no sense, as he should be in the final four, both because as a star, he and Hardy are the two biggest, and also he's the guy most likely to be able to give the winner the great kind of match that would really give them the momentum. It's notable that the two best guys in the ring, Styles and Angle, aren't even in the final four. Well, Styles isn't dead, but since on TV they only listed five guys still alive and Styles wasn't one of them, I don't see him in the Final Four. Angle does have a pulled right hamstring, but when this was booked out, they didn't know that, and he still looked great in the Hardy TV match. I could see Ray okay as a fourth guy or Joe as a fourth guy, but no way RVD should be ahead of Styles or Angle. So hard to disagree with Dave here, don't you think? Yeah, I think he was right. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, uh, AJ and I should definitely have been in the top four. I mean, if, you, if you're going to make wrestlers and you want them to have the best matches possible, put them with AJ Styles and Kurt Angle, especially if they're young guys. So there should have been two young guys in the top four and AJ and me. And we should have wrestled those young guys in the semis. And then after that, uh, you know, the finals would be uh, either AJ and one of them or me and one of them. Yeah. Hey guys, I just want to call a quick timeout to tell your listeners what I've been telling the Orange Show audience for a while now about all the cool things going on over at adfreeshows.com. Eric Bischoff breaks down TNA's Aces and Eights storyline like you've never heard it done before on the latest edition of In Depth. It probably came from Sons of Anarchy because that show, one of the threads in that show was always who's the mole? Who is right. in this club that knows this information that could literally put us all away for life? You know, who can we really trust? And guys would use that concern about trust against each other for their own agendas. Referee Mike Kyoto opens up the mailbag every other Monday, answering your questions and sharing classic stories like this. And just lick the licky side of my face and grab me and hold me. And I'd be like, oh my God, all that saliva all over my face. But I mean, it, you know, it would get a big pop. And just to work with those guys, man. I'll tell you, never a bad moment with those guys. Never a bad day. If you're looking for interactive experiences, Kevin Nash recently sat down with Ad Free Shows members for a premium watch along event of his streak ending title winning match against Goldberg from Starcade 98. I mean, since I booked it, I should probably know that. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's just, that was just the way, that, that was almost the appeasement that the company, like, nobody, nobody did, you know, just clean jobs. It was, you know, 
So, I mean, to, to me, a double run-in at a cattle prod and I, and I get the victory. I mean, it's... Get this and other exclusive experiences, including now being part of the live recordings of the podcasts. Wow. And that's just a small taste of what ad-free shows has waiting for you guys. Four levels to choose from. See for yourself why adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling today. Come on, guys, sign up. All right, well, at No Surrender, it's September 9th. We're moving through 2012. We're back to you and AJ challenging for the tag titles. And uh, Daniels and Kazarian would beat you both to keep the titles in 1928. Uh, Meltzer said Angle started and was limping before it even started. So your hamstring is bothering you here around this time for sure. Uh, I figured Styles would work most of the way, but no such happening. Somebody in wrestling needs to start thinking about the health of these performers. Dave's starting to speak up for you. If you're injured, you really should rest injuries instead of going out and doing four-star matches. It was a great match, but I'd rather see a healthy angle live a normal life than see him pass the point of no return because he never took time off to rest when his hamstring was shot. For the finish, Kazarian hit the Spanish fly on Styles, but he kicked out. Angle gave Kazarian another German suplex, but Angle ended up being thrown out of the ring and started selling like his leg was big-time injured. Styles went for the Styles clash on Kazarian, but Daniels threw a drink in his face, and Kazarian got the schoolboy on Styles to keep the titles. Not as good as their first pay-per-view match. Yeah, that was off the charts, but easily the best thing on the show. He gave it three and three-quarter stars. Kurt, let's talk about the hamstring. Looking back, do you think you should have you know, taken some time off instead of pushing yourself? Yeah, yeah. There was a time in TNA where I should have taken like a good six months off. Uh, that did occur uh, when when I... Uh, when I felt the best thing was to beat my addiction and I ended up going to rehab and I took about, you know, a good six or seven months off. And, uh, that really helped my body tremendously. Uh, but you know, um, uh, other than that, um, you know, I, I think I was okay. I just, uh, I, I, my, my hamstring at this particular time definitely needed a good six month break. Yeah. yeah. By the way, you're starting to venture out uh, to some other opportunities with broadcasting with the World Series of Fighting, but it seems to have fallen through due to a conflict of interest. Do you remember what happened with all that? No, I don't. Uh, they did have me uh, set up as an announcer, a commentator, and uh, they decided to replace me with Henzo Gracie. And I'm not sure if it had to do with uh, uh, the network it was on and I was on a different network or what, what was going on, but they ended up replacing me, I think, with Henzo Gracie. They did. Cool, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, that's pretty cool, is it not? I mean, to have Gracie replace you, it's not, a, you know, yeah. not bad to be followed up by him. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, did you feel like you're treading water, though, with this tag team with AJ? Is, and is, I don't know if, like, everyone's kind of paused here because of the Aces and Eight storyline or what? That was the problem. The Aces Eight storyline took over TV. I mean, it got so big. Same, the same exact thing happened with the NWO and WCW. Yeah, you know, it was a cool little faction. Then all of a sudden, it grew and out of control. And there were just too many. And at this point in time, uh, there were a lot of members of Aces and Eights, and we were just treading water, just trying to get through the storyline and uh, see where our places were going to be afterward. And uh, you know. It, it, it's really difficult when they're doing a storyline and they're not trying to involve you. So, you know, you're, you're not really involved in the storyline and uh, that's the main storyline going on TV. And you got your top two guys, AJ Styles and Kurt Angle. That's no part of it. 
Well, Bound for Glory, we have another tag team match that you're involved in. This time it's a three-way, and it's between the tag champs, Daniels and Kazarian, yourself and AJ, and Chavo and Hernandez. Hernandez, man, he's developed quite the reputation for being stiff over the years. Did you feel like that when you were working with him? Yeah, but, you know, I liked him stiff. I, I didn't mind it at all. I was stiff. And uh, Hernandez was a big, strong dude. I mean, his moves, he was explosive. When he did stuff, it, it didn't tickle. It hurt. And, uh, <laughs> but 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 I didn't mind it at all. If I, I'd rather have a stiff guy and sell that stuff than somebody, somebody that's so light, they barely even touch you and you can't sell it. Well, we're going to watch him uh, with his stiff moves here. We're going to watch the end of this match. It's Chavo and Hernandez, they'd win the tag titles. We have the ending, Bound for Glory. Let's take a look. Look at AJ. He's got his... Whoa, 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 whoa. Watch out! Sacrificing his own body. Chavo Guerrero dodged a big bullet. He's the only guy left alive out of this. Now Chavo, he's got angle. Look at that nice suplex by Chavo. That's one. Go for a three amigo. That's two. One. one away from the three amigos. Oh, not gonna nice get count. three on Kurt. Got him! Slam! Kurt hits the angle slam! Kurt Angle's locked and loaded, baby! Chavo's in trouble! Chavo's in big trouble! Hernandez has recovered, and as Kurt goes to the top, Hernandez slides in from behind. Oh, look at this, look at this. Kurt's in a bad position up there. Oh, you want power? You want pure raw strength? Tacked in. AJ's yeah, AJ legal. Did. AJ's legal, man. spotted it. Angle able to drop down. And now, Angle and Styles with the double team that wow, Hernandez just busts right through. Denied. Missed the clothesline. Whoa! Double team suplex. Well, you got to team up when you're dealing with somebody like Supermax. What a match, man. Jesus. Kurt charges it. Chavo, who sidestepped it. Ooh. Chavo turns around and, and gets dropped by the Styles clothesline. What a night. AJ Not doesn't see match. Kazarian. He doesn't see him at all. Kazarian slides in from behind. Win it! Win it! Win it! He's telling him win it. Kazarian's telling Daniels, man. What? He's saying win it. BME. Best moonsault ever. Here it is. Salt ever not able to put Styles away. Yeah, I don't, I don't, Daniels did not expect that. Definitely frustration, frustration set in. And now, watch Chavo. Chavo up on top in the corner, and Kazarian well, momentarily stopped Chavo's. Chavo got mine here. Daniels. Chavo looking out to the floor. Oh, Chavo all the way out to the floor right on top of Kazarian. Meanwhile, 
Daniels and AJ dead center in the middle. Oh, he's got AJ. He's got Angels AJ. Angels wings, Angels wings, but it's stopped, blocked, and a back body drop by Styles. I just run. Good job, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> AJ the elbow. Quickly up. Oh! Inverted DDT. Right on that beanie bald head of Daniels. He got dropped. AJ dares Daniels to get to his feet. Could have new. Oh, thought he was going to go for the Styles clash. And well, uh, Hernandez is tagged. Did he tag the back? He's legal, buddy. He tagged the back of uh, of AJ. Slingshot shoulder block. Outside in by Supermax. Oh, boy. Oh, here we go. A little border toss action. Way across. Border toss it is. A shovel. Oh, to the top. Shovel. Oh. First push off the top. Hernandez covers one. one. Here's two. two. There it is. New tag team champions. Uh, Meltzer would say from the observer, they won the tag titles, Chavo and Hernandez in a three-way over champs, Daniels and Kazarian and Kurt Angle and AJ in 1533. It was technically good early, but no crowd. Then it got really good. And the crowd was up for the entire second half. Hernandez, as we would see there in the clip, pinned Daniels to win the titles. He gave it four stars. Is this one of the better tag team title matches that you were involved with here, Kurt? Uh, Meltzer's given it four stars for a TNA match, and that's super rare. Yeah, you know what? It remind me a lot of my match with Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Chavo, and uh, Ray in, in uh, Edge. Yeah. Uh, we had that three-way tag match up in WWE. This reminded me a lot of that match. So, yes, it was a four-star match. I was really happy with it. Let's talk about Chavo here because we you just mentioned tag team matches that you've been involved with him in WWE, now in TNA. Do you feel like he's super underrated? Oh, without a doubt. Chavo is super underrated. I mean, I will tell you this. Is he Eddie Guerrero? No. Nobody's Eddie Guerrero. But Chavo comes pretty damn close. Uh, Eddie just had this certain personality and, and this connection with his fans. Yeah. He was so connected to his fans. They loved him and he loved them. And uh, I don't know if anybody's ever going to have that type of relationship with the fan base. Kurt, we're going to pause right now to talk about something way more important than hammerlocks and bear hugs. We need to tell our listeners about something that will dramatically improve their bedroom game. I mean, Kurt, let's be honest. Some of the most exciting wrestling matches that you've been involved with, we're never going to talk about here, but I would dare say some of your best five-star matches were between the sheets. Am I right? <laughs> oh, it's true. It's damn true. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to match the intensity of your Olympic hero in the bedroom, then look no further than Rex MD. Do you sometimes lack confidence in the bedroom? We've all had those nights where we get too nervous or maybe had too much to drink. There's nothing worse than not being able to deliver the pounding of a lifetime. Not because you have a broken freaking neck, no, 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 but because your little hero won't rise to the occasion. But have no fear. RexMD is here spreading cheer even when you have one too many beers. RexMD is FDA approved and the most trusted leader in men's telehealth. They sponsored this episode to help you always be prepared. Guys, that's what it's all about. And they're going to make it simple, easy, and cost-effective to help all of you out there last longer and feel more confident in the bedroom. And I'm telling you, they make getting generic and branded Viagra or Cialis easy. 
Everything is online, even the prescription, and they deliver it discreetly to your door. No waiting rooms, no awkward contact with a pharmacist, no embarrassing trips to the doctor, no insurance, no copays. But to take advantage of the best deal they've ever offered and save up to 90% off and only pay $2 per dosage, you can use our exclusive link right now. Go to Rex, that's R-E-X-M-D.com forward slash angle. For this limited time deal, it's fast, simple, and cheap, and you can access your U.S. licensed Rex Maryland physician anytime you need afterwards. RexMD has already helped over 300,000 guys gain confidence quickly and conveniently, and they're here to help you too. So don't hesitate. Turn your bedroom game into something your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, would be proud of and give your partner that five-star performance they deserve. Remember, get 90% off RexMD and only pay $2. That's it. $2 per dosage with our exclusive link. Go to RexMD forward slash angle and enjoy gold medal performances and make all the girls tap out now. It's true. It's damn true. So, of course, from there, you go to challenge Jeff Hardy for the TNA world title on Impact. And, buddy, in clip three of four this week, we have the video of the end of that match. Let's take a look. It's to the top. Oh! No reward with the high-risk Swanton off the top by the champ. Yeah, took that major risk on that Swanton. And now he's going to pay for it. Angle, he's going to be the new world champ, my man. Oh, he's got that angle down. slam. New angle champ. slam. Here's one. New champ. Here's two. Got it. Oh, man, what a match. What a match live, man, right here on Spike TV. This is freaking awesome. It's the physicality. It's the drama of this World Heavyweight Title Showdown. First defense for the new champ, Jeff Hardy. Against Kurt Angle, and Kurt continues the offense. Going to drag Hardy up to his feet by his hair. Going to go for another suplex. Hardy reeling off the elbows to the side of the head. Oh, the boot doubled him over. Oh, twist of fate again. Angle off the ropes. Hardy to the well. A second time, and it's a second twist of fate. That one was right on the mark by Hardy. Angle. Oh, man. Well, the third time be the charm. Caught it. Swanton off the top. Hardy covers. Oh, no. Talk about fortitude. Talk about toughness. Kurt Angle just exemplified it in a big way. He might have busted ribs or something right now, Mike. Could not agree anymore with our live audience here in the Impact Zone. This is awesome. Fans here at the Impact Zone appreciating what you are seeing live on Spike. This world title matchup. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh my God. Elevation of Jeff Hardy sent flying over the top rope. And Kurt, you can see this, yeah. this may be the effects of that swanton as Kurt is spitting up blood. Yeah, who knows what's going on internally with Kurt Angle to Hulk Hogan, our general manager, to his point. Kurt is a cyborg, so one only knows what's going on internally because he was spitting up blood. You are correct. But it doesn't seem like it's affecting Kurt too much. Straps come down. Angle has Hardy in his sights. Going to sneak up from behind. Oh, Sunset. Sunset flip. Roll through. Stack them. Hardy stacks them up, and Hardy keeps the title in his first defense. Very impressive, very just inspirational 
by Jeff Hardy. Out of nowhere with that counter into a sunset flip. And but the key was like we both were screaming. He stacked up. Turned angle. All of Kurt's weight on his chest and shoulders. Let's see if we can take a look here, Mike. Kurt, I'm not having fun. You're losing all these matches we're watching this week. Back to back to back. <laughs> what the hell's happening here? So I told you, I told you they they were they were trying to push me by the wayside. Uh, you know, what was crazy is I think Dixie's the one that spoke up and said, "Listen, start utilize him again. Uh, use him use him as our top guy." I, for at this point in time, I wasn't the top guy anymore. I was being utilized to make other people, and I didn't mind doing it. I knew that that that, that was my role going to TNA. But like I said, and you said. There has to be a medium. Yeah, it's a balance. Balance, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Meltzer chimes in here. He says, Hardy pinned Angle to retain the title in 1359. Very good match at a three and three-quarter star level. Angle was either throwing up or spitting up blood. Well, that's the perils of going live because that was sick. Hardy won quickly after that with a sunset sunset flip. But did you get hurt here, Kurt? Was it the Swanton? Do you remember what the situation? It was the Swanton. He hit me. Usually when Jeff does it, his back lands on you and then his butt hits the mat afterward. But this time he did the flip and his ass landed totally on my stomach. Okay. I don't know what happened, but I started spitting up blood and I didn't know what it was from. Thank God it didn't last that long. It didn't, I I wasn't continuously spitting up blood, but just for like two minutes, I was spitting up blood for real. It was, you know, I knew something happened in my stomach and some. You know, for some reason, uh, you know, he either broke a blood vessel and that's why I started spitting up blood. Whatever it was, that's always a little scary internal injuries and not sure what in the world's happening, uh, when you're starting to spit up blood, let's talk about aces and eights again. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. Were you excited to be getting involved in the aces and eights storyline? Or did you think, you know, Hey, is this something that you could dig into creatively? What were your overall thoughts on it? I mean, you know, at this point in time, I was I would have loved to be involved because, you know, they, they, they weren't, I wasn't really that much involved with it, you know, from the beginning and, uh, what they were trying to do with AJ and I is keep us away from them. And, uh, eventually they couldn't anymore. So, uh, you know, we started doing some programs with the aces and eights, which I was cool with because if I didn't do that, I would have been sitting by the wayside anyway. By the way, a quick plug for ad-free shows here. Our guy Dominic D'Angelo had Eric Bischoff join him and Tom DeShange recently for a new episode of In-Depth exclusively on ad-free where they dig in on all things aces and eights. And buddy, it's a must-listen. You won't find anything like it anywhere. They really dig in, and they do a nice job of taking wrestling and storylines to a whole new level, so you want to check that out. But uh, hey, this is one of the first big pushes for Brother Devon, uh, or Devon Dudley, as he's more well-known. Did you think Devon had a big singles run in him, Kurt. He had the ability to. Um, Devon was uh probably the better singles wrestler. Don't get me wrong, Bully Ray is great at it. I thought Devon would have a better career at singles. Unfortunately, he didn't. Bubba did actually, and they they're both very good, both very talented. And uh, but they've always been a tag team, and at this point in time, they were trying to separate. And I wanted to see Devon get that chance because he was. Anytime I wrestled Devon in WWE as in a singles match, it was really good. So I knew he had the ability to. Mm. 
Well, a turning point, you're going to take him on, buddy. It's Kurt and Devon one-on-one. And from the Observer, they said Kurt would beat Devon 1147 with the ankle lock. This was weak for an angle match as it showed Devon's limitations. Devon also hurt his knee early, which could have played a part in it. There was also a miscommunication spot as it appeared angle gave Devon a backdrop and Devon took the bump all wrong. Like he was expecting a different move. Yikes. Uh, but Angle got the ankle lock on eventually on, on Devon. He would submit. They teased the idea of a beat down for Angle, but he jumped out of the ring and left. Meltzer gave it two and a half stars. That's not a Kurt Angle score. So tell us what you thought about working with Devon here and, and just kind of what you thought about this match overall. I mean, you know, it was the first time that Devon and I worked in TNA. Um, it wasn't our best match. But, um, you know, there was a couple of missed spots uh, that, that affected the match. Uh, there was a communication problem at, at one particular point. So that, that's why the match ended up only being two and a half stars, because we, uh, we weren't on the same page on a couple of spots. Was there any talk and we, of, of putting you with aces and eights? I, I don't know if we got into that before. Did they say, Kurt, what do you think about it? No, no, they didn't. And I'm glad they didn't. I, I don't think I, I would have liked being in that group. Um, I know this, if I would have went in, I wouldn't have been one of the top guys. I'd have been hanging out in the mid card somewhere. So that it wouldn't have helped me at, at any point in time. Well, listen, a lot of the guys, they wore masks and they're not well-known workers. You got, <clears throat> excuse me, CJ O'Doyle, who's a Florida indie wrestler. And then you had guys like Doc Gallows, now known as Luke Gallows, and also Mike Knox. Do you think the plan was to give some of these guys that weren't well-known just more exposure overall? I guess that was the goal, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, keep them covered for a while. After a while, get them more known and then pull the, the handkerchiefs. Yeah, taking those off eventually. So I think it was a clever idea because, you know, you keep them masked up in the handkerchief. And after a while, when they start producing and start getting more attention from the fans, you take the, the handkerchief off. Yeah. Well, buddy, we're on the final resolution. You're going to team with Samoa Joe, Wes Briscoe, and Garrett Bischoff to take on aces and eights in an eight-man match. First things first here, dude. Let's talk about the, their respective fathers. Gerald Briscoe. We know Gerald's got a lot of street cred for discovering a ton of talent in WWE. What's your relationship like with him back then, and what is it now? Jerry and I were like best friends. Uh, him, Bruce Pritchard, and myself. We used to hang out together in WWE all the time. Uh, I love Jerry and, uh, he continued to be one of my best friends, uh, all through TNA. So having Wes come in and, you know, Jerry told me, Hey, take care of my son. I said, don't worry. I'll make sure I do. And I think I had a match with Wes. He actually won. It was a cage match, our first match together. And Wes actually won the match. <laughs> of course like, he did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Holy crap. You know, Wes Briscoe just beat Kurt angle. That's freaking crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you, did you get along good with Wes and have a good relationship yeah, with him? Yeah, too? He was a good kid. Uh, a lot like his dad. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he was a quality person. Definitely. All right. Let's talk about Eric Bischoff. Not sure you've seen what's going on, but Eric and Ric Flair have been going back and forth on their podcast. Have you seen any of this? Can you believe all these years later, they're still going at it? Yeah. They need to just hang it up. I mean, <laughs> you know, like get over the anger issues of the past. Uh, you know, Listen, Eric, life's Rick, too short, right? Yeah. Rick, Rick is a great guy. Eric's a great guy. I know they don't get along really well, but you know, life is too short. You can't be reminiscing about bad shit that occurred in the past and, uh, and hold on to that. That's just, uh, that's not good. It's not good for them or anybody else. 
Yeah, man. Bitter- bitterness is uh, is a dangerous thing, man. It'll do more to hurt you than it will the other person. That's it's one thing. We'll... You than anything. You yeah. got it, buddy. You got it. We've uh, we both probably had to experience that at some point in our lives. So, listen, Eric Son Garrett. Did you think he could make it in the business? He was a good kid. I liked him a lot. Um, I thought he was catching on. I mean, you know, he had a lot of work to do. Uh, he wasn't quite as established as Wes, but he was. He, he had a lot of promise. I thought he would be really good. Um, I don't think, uh, uh, I don't think he uh, did it long enough to really, um, uh, make a, make a, you know, a splash in the business. Uh, he was only in TNA, I think for a couple of years. Yeah. Now. Not long. Yeah. Meltzer said the match was okay. Angle didn't work much. Well, that's why it was okay, Kurt, because you, you didn't work much. Only tagging in at the end. He claimed he suffered a groin injury in the match, but considering he never tagged in until the end, I would think maybe he had it going into the match, and that's why he was limited. Angle did use the Olympic slam on the masked O'Doyle for the pin. Again, two and a quarter stars. Kurt, every match it seems like you're hurt. Did anyone ever come to you and say, Kurt, just go home, okay? Enough already. <laughs> no, they did not. I wish they would have. Uh, you know, me, I'm not going to say, Hey, can you take some time off? Uh, I have too much pride for that, but I think, you know, Dixie Carter, there were certain points in time where she gave me a break and I'm very grateful for that. She, she knew that how hard I worked and how, how good my matches always were. And I think she, she noticed at this point in time that eventually I'm going to need some time off and she wants those quality matches from Kurt Angle. She's going to have to take better care of me. So they started giving me more time off after this. That's right. I mean, come on, get you, at least get you a massage therapist, at least get you something going on there. You got to take care of your man. Well, we're here. Your final match for 2012. It's during the open fight night gimmick. Kurt's final match of 2012 is on impact December 20th versus Devon. And this is our final clip of the week. It's you and Devon December 20th, 2012. Let's take a look. For this power championships play a pivotal role and Devon trying Ooh. to hold on to that television title that quite frankly stole with the assist from Doc and the missile drop kick now by Kurt Angle. Well, I got a question as yeah, much yeah. as I respect Kurt. I think his, uh, <laughs> he kind of his instincts took over there. A drop kick with a banged up injured knee is probably not the smartest thing just to too do. much. But Kurt just full of pride. And, you know, it's easy for me to say that an armchair quarterback from here. When you're in the ring, things happen so quick. And he saw the opportunity to drop the TV champ, but he did it. Angle now striking with the clotheslines, but he's not able to really charge into him as much as perhaps he could if he could put all the weight on that knee. But look, oh, look out at this. Belly to belly throw there by Angle. Yeah, Kurt got most of that suplex. But again, ooh, was not able to utilize his back arch completely because of his knee. But he was able to turn. Kurt was able to turn. Devon was back on the throw and now go for that angle slam. Uh oh. Oh, walks right into that though. Spine buster like maneuver there by Devon. Oh! He almost put away Angle. That was close. Angle went for the Angle slam. Devon slipped out the back, but was it Devon, Devon did something smart too on a pin cover. He hooked the injured leg of Kurt Angle. He didn't just hook a leg, hit the injured leg. So little nuances we talk about a lot. Well, at least I do. But nice, a German suplex by Kurt. Now will he go in and try and pop a couple more of these falls off? And boom, there's another one. Second beautiful German suplex just holding on like a pit bull here is the challenger to the television title. Can he get another one? Yes. Nobody plays with pain better than Kurt Angle. Great point. Agree completely. That's Kurt's deal, man. 
Now angled, locked and loaded. Oh, he might be locking and loading for sure with the ankle lock. Trying to put Devon away. Will Devon tap? But the ring positioning is great here. He's got him in the center. Now, now what? Come on, now this guy's a back out here. You got a feel for Brian Hebner, the referee. What the hell's he gonna do oh, now? now Devon was tapping. Devon was tapping, but the referee, Brian Hebner, didn't see it. Because we've got chaos right. again. Should have a new TV champion. Wow, what a devastating blow to the back of the neck and head area of Angle. Devon retains his television championship. Your winner and still television champion, Devon. Devon stole that title to begin with and now steals a victory over Kurt Angle who was just taken out with a bat. You can only hope that he's okay here. Absolutely we should have a new TV champion. And just like every other clip, Kurt Angle loses again this year in 2012. I uh, quite a bit in 2012. Buddy, this is depressing. It was open fight night. This is Meltzer in an open with Kurt Angle calling out Devon for the title. The match was better than their pay-per-view match, largely because Angle was working a leg injury. So there was drama to the match. Uh, Angle would eventually put on the ankle lock and Devon was tapping. Bischoff, Briscoe, and Joe were back out and in the confusion the masked Mike Knox hit Angle with a pipe, and Devon would pin him in 11:05. This seems like a, I don't know, a lackluster way to end the year, buddy. Seems like you've had a year really good matches that didn't mean much and creative that never really just helped you out here, pal. Is that a fair way to describe your 2012? I don't know any other way to describe it. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, uh, those these matches. I I had some great matches, but they didn't help me much at all. Well, we got some fan questions this week. We're going to roll through those and, uh, and then we're going to wrap up and, uh, we're going to speaking of questions next week, guys, I'm really excited about, we'll get to that in a minute. Francis Reyes says, did you like the stubble look during that year in TNA? You had the stubble going oh, for yeah. you. Gosh. Um, yeah, yeah. That was, that was one of my things. I decided to grow some stubble. I grew it on my head here, not up here. I didn't have any hair here, but around my head and on my, on my face. So it all matched. It was all the same length. I thought it was pretty cool. Have you ever thought about bringing the stubble beard back? Nope. Because it's all white. Ah, uh, they make things for that. You know, if, if you're, I know, I know I'm too lazy to do that. <laughs> RJ's up next. He said, do you think he could have done a lot more in TNA? If things for you were more on the straight and narrow, what does that mean? <laughs> I think he means, yeah, we always ask that when RJ asks questions, what the hell is he talking about? But I think what he's trying to say is if you didn't have to deal with your demons and the drug addiction, all that stuff that, uh, do you think if you wouldn't have had to deal with that, would you've been able to do a lot more in TNA? Would things have gone a lot more, but oh, I mean, yeah, I think it's yeah. obvious. It would yeah. have been a lot easier for me. Yeah. That my addiction was, uh, one of the things that really held me back. And you know, uh, the, the one thing is when I got clean, uh, I've always taken pride in that. And that's the one thing I try to tell people. I try to give them hope that they can get through their addictions too, just like I did. Now, well said Graham Williams. Was there anyone that you pushed for to have a better spot or really wanted to feud with, but for whatever reason, your pleas fell on deaf ears. Oh, um, no, I got to wrestle everybody. I wanted to Okay, to be honest with you. I, I can't think of anybody, maybe Hulk Hogan. You know, I never had a singles match. I did, not in TNA did I have a singles match with them, but I did in WWE, I think, two matches. 
And uh, I really enjoyed working with Hulk. Even when he was that up in high in age, he still was pretty damn good to work with. What about a young guy that you would have thought, man, it would be cool to really help trying to get him over. You just never got to work with. Was there any like young guys that you kind of always had your eye on, or maybe you had a fun relationship with backstage and you're like, damn, I wish we could have worked together. Um, you know what? There were two guys that I really loved and, uh, they were the motor city machine guns, Alex yes. or Saban. I would have loved to work singles matches with those guys. It would have been a lot of fun. There you go. AK 15. How come you didn't win the television title from Devon in December, 2012, which is the only title needed for you to become a TNA grand slam champ. I felt like that was a big mistake. And your TNA run was you didn't win the TV title to complete the titles needed for grand slam and TNA. Well, shit, that means I have to come out of retirement. <laughs> there you go again. There you go again. Starting the, starting the world on fire. Uh, it's so good. I love it. Uh, GDP hashtag WWDH forever. Uh, what's one thing you wished you had accomplished in TNA that you didn't? Um, I wish that, uh, I would have been able to help the company more. Okay. I wish that, um, I could have, um, made the company bigger. I did everything I could. Uh, the, some actions that I took weren't, didn't necessarily, um, help the company. It did hurt the company. Uh, you know, like my DUIs and stuff like that. But um, I always wanted to better the company. That's what, what that's what my role was in the company, uh, whether it was wrestling or PR or whatever it was or money, you know, trying to get more money for the company. I've always been uh, into making sure that the TNA could be the biggest and best company possible. I did that because I knew when I left WWE that I most likely probably wouldn't go back. And I knew that I had to take care of the company that was taking care of me. Mm. Jay Willie 44. Why do you think that Matt Morgan wasn't a bigger star? I thought he was phenomenal and had the look that it seemed like everyone wanted. He did. He had it all. I had some great matches with Matt Morgan. I mean, even Meltzer, uh, Meltzer even said I had a four-star match with Matt Morgan at bound for glory. And, uh, he was talented, very talented. I, um, I really enjoyed working with him. He's a seven foot tall, legit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's a guy that got into politics too. He's doing pretty well with it too. There you go. Yeah. Uh, man, you're right. But he, great question because he is a guy that you feel, you felt like had money written all over him. He had the look, uh, size, all of it. Uh, sec speed is up next in your early days in the WWE. You were learning from veterans who were both younger and older than you in turn. Did you take on a mentoring role for younger talent in TNA? And how do you like that dynamic? Also any crazy Scott Steiner stories. So before we get to crazy Scott Steiner stories, talk about that mentorship and bringing it to TNA. Did you bring that? You feel like there with some of those guys? Yes, that was my role when I started in there. Um, I had a lot of experience come from WWE, especially TV experience. A lot of these guys at TNA had very TV experience, very little TV experience. So yeah, I went in there as a mentor and I, I did the best I could to teach the guys the ropes and, uh, you know, give them the best advice I possibly could. I took a lot of pride in that too. Any crazy Scott Steiner stories? Oh no, just the, just the promo he did where all the numbers, uh, yeah, the math, the math, Steiner math, TNA, man, the Steiner math. Oh my God. <laughs> no, forever. You know. When you play it back, he's actually right. It's, it's, it's something else, man. <laughs> Jeremy priest, where does wrestling AJ rank on your list? Has to be top five, right? Top three, maybe top two. Um, 
got to put Benoit in there, Shawn Michaels, and AJ Styles. I can't even put pick which one's first because yeah. they're all so damn good. Yeah. Final question uh, from our listeners. Kurt, do you feel that the tag titles in TNA were on par with the WWE tag, tag titles? Meaning, do you feel the same respect when holding that title? Yes, and, and I did because we made it into a, 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 a reputable tag team title, uh, um, I guess, situation. Uh, you know, AJ and I tagging together with Kaz and Daniels and Chavo and Hernandez. Uh when you have tag teams like that, that are so talented, that's when you build the tag team division. And we did the same thing in WWE with edge and Ray and, you know, Chavo and Eddie Guerrero and me and Chris Benoit. So, uh, yeah, I feel like we did the best that we could to make those titles as, as legitimate as possible. Awesome. Thank you, Bobby, for the question. Did you think there was anything that could have made TNA bigger Kurt in 2012? Like, and, and money, 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 more, more money, infusing money. more money. Yeah. I mean, they kept digging to the well, you know, Mr. Carter is a wealthy man, but he's only, you know, he's only going to give us so much money. He's not an idiot, you know, but, uh, I think that if we had a little bit more money, we would have done really well. It just, you know, we, we were, we were pulling in, we were bringing in a lot of talent and, uh, it got to the point, I think where we were financially not very, very stable at this point in time. And you have to remember, you know, what they were giving me and sting alone was a, was a big chunk of money, you know, and you had, you had to think about Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. They had to be getting some big ass money. So, uh, you know, all these guys in the company, they had probably 60 on the roster. I mean, there was a, there were a lot of, a lot of talent on this. Roster. Absolutely. Kurt next week. Ask Kurt anything. 1 p.m. Eastern live. I want to put him on the hot seat. I want him to. I want him to answer questions that are going to make his wife call me midweek and be like, "What the hell are you asking, Kurt?" That's what I want. So let's do it. We're going to take your questions for your Olympic gold medalist. All our social channels are collecting for him. Which, by the way, we're going to be recording this show, Kurt. You ready for this? Live on ad-free shows on Friday the twenty-third at one p.m. Eastern. That means that we're going to see a little chat window beside us, and they're all going to be talking amongst each other while me and you do this. It's going to be fun, oh, man. Good. good. Yeah, we'll have a lot of fun. So we're going to have fun with that. Also, this month. Monday, December 19th, me and Kurt are going to be live again for ad-free shows. We're doing an 8 p.m. Q&A style show uh, where we're going to just be face-to-face. -face. Kurt, your Olympic hero, is going to be face-to-face -face with you way past his bedtime, which I know is a lie because he was on SmackDown from 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock at night, and uh, we did see that on TV. But that's this Monday, December 19th, so sign up. Uh, if you're already signed up, upgrade, be a part of it. Uh, man, this is the Christmas season, and Kurt's in the mood to give, and so we're going to take advantage of it. Yes, I am. I'm ready to give. There you go. Uh, Anglepodlinks.com is where you want to go for all things Kurt Angle Show. You're going to find our merchandise store there, the YouTube uh, link, which, by the way, check out YouTube.com forward slash The Angle Pod. I said it last week. We've surpassed 50,000 subscribers. We have a goal next year. We want to go to 100,000 subscribers. You can find all kinds of, of, of great links and great short clips if you don't have time to watch the entire show and you want to hear, what did Kurt say about this this week? Or, you know, what did Paul screw up about that that week? We
we got it all over there. And so you're going to want to check it out at the YouTube channel. And uh, you can find that youtube.com forward slash the angle pod. And if you subscribe and turn on your notifications and tell the wrestling buddies in your life, man, you got to check out Kurt Angle. You can see him live. He's going to talk about what happened with the SmackDown birthday party and the milk truck and all that good stuff. You can see the picture, the little picture of Jason Jordan with the heart. So check it out. Kurt, go ahead, spin around. Let's get those chicken snacks out. It's time. Physicallyfit.com, buddy. All right, physicallyfit.com. These are chicken snacks. These, and these are Snack Smart Crispy Protein Bites. One's chicken protein, one's organic plant protein. There are 11 different flavors. Go to physicallyfit.com to order yours. Use the code ANGLEPOD, get 20% off your first order. But if you become a lifetime member on the website, you'll get 20% off the rest of your life. You're going to love these guys. Uh, I, I eat these every day. Uh, they go great with my diet, and I absolutely love them, and I think you will too. And if you don't believe just watch SmackDown again, you'll see he's shredded. He doesn't look in like 2012 TNA, Kurt. Oh, no. He, he, 2022, he's ripped, rock solid, and he's full of chicken snacks. So check it out there. Uh, final plug this week, Kurt, KurtAnglebrand.com. You got it all over there, my friend. Yes, I have cowboy hats, birthday cards, uh, milk cartons, autographed photos, T-shirts, cameo video messages. You go on the website, KurtAnglebrand.com. Order whatever you want, and I'll send it right to you. There it is. And you've heard it all from your Olympic hero today, Kurt. This has been a blast reliving 2012. Unfortunately, you didn't win a lot, but you put over a lot of guys. Yes, I did. And that happens a lot. But, man, I had fun reliving it with you. We'll be back again next week for Ask Kurt Anything. Get your questions in. We're going to have a blast. On behalf of your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, this is Paul Bromwell. We'll see you right back here next week on... The Kurt Angle Show. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.